they don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, don't talk to me about, you know, fiber in my day. I don't care (laughs) about that. What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. I'm your host, Rain Gray. The views and opinions are those of the guests and myself. And today's guest, we're talking to Krista Moreland. She runs a business called Kmore Macro. She is a tremendous resource when you start talking about nutrition and diet and healthy eating. She's fantastic. So today's conversation, you know, she she likes to focus on moms, but she recognizes that these lessons transcend just the soccer mom. They apply to all human beings. And, uh, you know, whether you are, uh, you are on the go every single day and uh, hustling to and from the fire truck and onto the fire ground, uh, the food and the nutrition you put in your mouth matters. Or if you're working in an office or you're chasing kids around, the food you put in your body matters. So this conversation, we talk about understanding macros. We talk about the mindset and the importance of having the right mental preparation and attitude in order to live a healthy, whole, and full life. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Krista Moreland. Enjoy. Today we are sitting here with uh, Krista Moreland, who I am a super fan of, and uh, she runs Kmore Macro, which is a nutrition consulting firm. Can we call it a firm? Yeah, sure. And, um, well, Krista, why don't you tell, you know, I could, I could give you an intro, but I would not do you justice. Sure. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you arrived here at this place in your life with this, uh, successful consulting. Absolutely. So my, my people and who my heart desires to serve is really busy mamas on the go. I feel like, um, you know, the moms are the center hub, especially, uh, fire moms, right? Um, when, when the husband is off away doing his shift work, the moms are everything in the household. And so my heart really desires to help moms feel good in the skin that they're in and feel confident in what they do in the kitchen and how they provide for their families. And so that is what I do. I help busy moms lose weight, feel good in the skin that they're in and just develop some confidence around how they serve their families nutritionally. And so how this came to be about was, um, you know, uh, I had my third baby. (laughs) I gained 65 pounds with each pregnancy, did not lose all of the weight before my next pregnancy. And then, um, as you know, but many people don't, our uh, middle child, Easton, had a ton of medical issues. Um, He had heart surgery at four months. He had to wear the helmet. We had... um, Uh, he aspirated for three years. So we were in and out of the hospital with, um, pneumonia four or five night stays at PCH. And I buried my feelings in food. I gained a lot of weight. I was pushing 200 pounds and miserable and completely and totally lost with how to even turn the minivan around, right? Like just scared and fearful and eating all the things to mask that. And so, you know, when our, when we got through all of that and our third was born, I was in the same boat and I can remember, I tell this story often, you know, on Kmore Macro, I can remember having a timeout. So I went and took a bath and Austin was like, I'll get the kids ready for bed. Like you go do your thing, have a moment. And I remember sitting in the bathtub and looking down at my body. And I had this moment where I was like, who is this person? 
this is not a two sport college athlete body. Whose belly is that? Whose legs are those? Like I had this panic, like who is this person? What the heck is going on? And I knew right then and there something had to change. So I called Austin in, we had a heart to heart and I was like, I'm not happy with who I am right now. I don't recognize this person. All she does is fill up sippy cups and change diapers and watch, you know, Disney channel. Where did the strong, bold, confident, athletic person go that I used to love and adore? I need her back. And he was like, okay, whatever we need to do, let's do it. So I joined a gym and that's when it started. I started, you know, lifting again, running again. And it hurt because I was so overweight. I had three pregnancies of weight on me. But little by little, it got better and better. But I knew at the heart of it all, I needed to pay attention to what I was doing with my food. But... What, what made you know that? Because I was... Well, here's, here's how I knew that. I have a few girlfriends who are like, nope, you won't find me in a gym. And I'm in the gym. I'm crossfitting six days a week. And I'm, I'm not crossfitting like, yeah, it'll, I'll get a nice little workout. I'm walking into the gym with my two-sport college athlete mentality. Like, I'm going to beat that guy. I'm going to beat that guy. I probably won't beat that guy. But that girl, no chance. <laughs> right? Like, I'm walking in what did, evaluating. What sports did you play in college? I played volleyball and softball at Grand Canyon University. Okay. Loved it. Best time ever. What you guys have in the fire department, that camaraderie, that brotherhood is 100% what I had in college. And as you know, it's the best feeling ever to always have your brothers around you, your sisters mm-hmm. around you. I loved it. Yeah. So you bring up an interesting point with yeah. you and you referenced it a couple of times though, is that being an athlete, um, before, you know, when you go into a place where you're out of shape, you have this idea of who you are mm-hmm. previously and, and what you're capable of. And then you've gained 30, 40, 50, however yeah. many pounds. And suddenly you're not able to perform that way, but in your mind, you're still there. How do you get there? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like the body or the, the body feels one way and the mind you're, there's this battle. You're just fighting it. Right. Yeah. And that causes a lot of tension, anxiety, frustration, and that anxiety, frustration, it leaks into every part of your life. It leaks into your marriage. It leaks into, you know, how present you are with your kids because it's this dark cloud that kind of follows you everywhere. Yeah. And it's not always raining on you but it's always shady. And you're like, I want to get out from the shade. Like, where's the sun? Right. And so I have clients that explain it to me that way all the time. Like it's just this funk that kind of sits on my shoulders. Right. And I was tired of feeling funky. Right. So you're going to the gym and you're throwing mm-hmm. down as best you can. As best I can. And yeah. What did you have any results with that? I did. I lost about 15 pounds, which was awesome because I'm sure I gained muscle at the same time too. Mm-hmm. But I had girlfriends that were sitting on the couch drinking wine never going to the gym. And I looked exactly like them. I mean, there was no difference. And I'm like, how in the world am I crushing myself six days a week? And I look like somebody who doesn't even go to the gym. Right. And are my internal systems healthier? Yeah, probably. Cause I'm moving my body, right. My bones are going to be healthier, but I didn't look any different. And at the beginning I craved looking different. I craved looking like I did before. You know, and then once you achieve that, then you crave 
something totally different. You crave being strong. You crave being internally healthy, having a healthy GI, having, you know, healthy blood work. But at the very beginning, I think most of us are driven by how do I look, right? And so I knew right then and there, okay, I know that if I really want to get to where I was and feel good and feel confident and feel healthy, I got to do something with my food. Right. I think a lot of people recognize that, hey, man, diet is a critical component mm-hmm. of what we're doing, mm-hmm. but, we, but we're surrounded by a culture that doesn't really uh, support that. Yeah. Right. This, yeah. this idea that eating whole foods and eating healthy and what healthy, and I'm throwing up some air quotes, right? What does healthy yeah. look like? And, yeah. can, and, and is it sustainable and doable? And, totally. And I know that's a big part of this conversation, but I do want to f- say this, that, you know, you, you, you mentioned that you drove, you drove this by, um, for you, it was, or your mission in Kmore Macro is about helping moms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I, but the reason I, I said, hey, we need to sit and talk yeah. is because it is such a pervasive issue that it's, it, moms struggle, but yeah. man, everybody struggles, right? And yep. Especially if you have a family and you have a household and not every, and everyone's not on the exact same page, it's disruptive. Yeah, totally. Right? And, yep. and firefighters of all people who are industrial athletes in my yeah, frame totally. of reference, absolutely need to figure out how to fuel themselves properly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, I, I say teach the mom, reach the family because, um, if, if we, well, can... we can all admit that moms are the pillar. <laughs> Listen, it's, let's just admit it. It's okay to admit it. <laughs> and the, and the truth is, is that moms and dads, of course, too. Right. But when we're talking about fire, firemen, dads, they're gone for 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours. Right. And so the pillar when, you know, dad is gone is mom. And then when dad is home, I mean, it's just that much stronger. Right. And so, um, I think it's super important that both are on the same page and it's really difficult to do. Like you said, rain, when there is all of these like do's and don'ts, all of these different diets, all of these fads, if you will, Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to know where to even start. But something that I love to explain to people is balance never goes out of style. Balance is never a fad. And what I teach my clients and and what I teach in my home is that, hey, we're not going to hop on and and (laughs) we're not going to hop on the keto plan. We're not going to hop on the paleo plan. We're not going to hop on the HCG, all of these things and and programs that people want to do. What we're going to do is we're going to establish balance in our household. Balance never goes out of style. So what does that look like? Balance is knowing what food is. We have to start educating ourselves on what, and we can start basics, right? What is a protein? What is a fat? What is a carb? I tell this story all the time. I was standing in a Starbucks line and, um, I was chatting with a a young girl. She was probably 20, right? She was in college and, uh, we were talking, she asked me what I did and I gave her a brief explanation because it was a long line. And, um, I said, yeah, you know, like, like proteins, fats, and carbs. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, dairy is a protein. I go, yeah. And she goes, yeah. And like eggs are dairy. So that's protein. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, eggs are protein and fat. You're right. But eggs are not dairy. And she was so confused because in the grocery store, we put the eggs by the dairy. And so she assumed it says dairy section says up in dairy. giant letters up above it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so I remember hearing her say that. And I was like, my kids will know the difference. Mm. 
Because if they know the difference, then they know what they're consuming. They know the value of what they're putting into their body and they understand it. Sweet girl at Starbucks, she was doing the best she could with what she knew, but it wasn't right. And so it's really important for us to know what is a protein? What is a fat? What is a carb? And how much of it am I having in a day so that I can create that balance? Right. You know, you talk about how much you're having of it in a day. I think that one of the things that's really a challenge, and I'm sure we'll touch on this, but Mm -hmm. is the fact that there is sugars Mm -hmm. in everything, Mm -hmm. right? So you can say, well, hey, I'm doing this low carb diet, but you're getting carbs from places that you had no idea or even like if you have, if you have, um, fat free milk, right? Let's say that you're like, I'm doing low fat. Mm. So I'm going to do fat free milk. Well, yes, it has protein in it. It'll help you fill your protein, but it also has carbs in it. Most people don't know that milk has carbohydrates in it. And so you're drinking the milk thinking it's, you know, fat free. Okay, fine. But it has carbs and protein in it. But most people just think it has protein in it. So if you don't know the value of what you're eating, then you don't know the value of what you're doing in a day. You don't know what it's costing you to have those meals. I equate it to money all the time because people understand money much more than they do macros, right? So if you know that you have $100 to go spend at Target, because we all love to shop at Target, and you go into Target and you spend $100, you leave the store and you feel good about it. You feel confident about it. You feel accomplished. But if you go into Target and you walk up to the register and you've spent $150, and you give them a $100 bill and you have to put $50 of it on credit, you walk out feeling junky. You have buyer's remorse. Oh, dang it. Maybe I shouldn't have bought that. And there's this funk about it. You don't feel confident in your trip to Target. So the same thing goes with food. If I know that I have 1,650 calories to eat within a day, and these are my macros, this is balance in my day, and I eat within that day, I'm going to see the body composition changes that I want, and I'm going to feel good, I'm going to feel healthy, I'm going to feel confident. If I overspend in my macros, I overeat calories, I'm going to feel it the next day. I'm going to feel sluggish. Can I just go to the gym and grind harder? No, because you can't outdo a junkie diet. Because <laughs> I've told myself a thousand times, <laughs> I'm going to eat these this donut, but I'm just going to go harder yeah. in my workout. Yeah. You know, here's the crazy thing. When we were younger, that probably would have worked, right? Well, because metabolically, it wouldn't metabolically. have There's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And so here's the, that's another tough part, right? Is we think, I'm just going to grind harder in the gym. I'll be good. But you won't. Because you will feel it. You'll have brain fog if you're not eating enough carbs. You'll feel hungry if you're not eating enough fat. You won't put the muscle mass onto your body that you want to if you're not eating the appropriate amount of protein. So scale-wise, could you get away with it and maybe outdo it calorically? Sure. If you eat 300 calories and you burn 300 calories, you can outdo that calorically. But you're probably not going to see the body composition changes and the internal metabolic health that you're chasing. It's funny you say that because I've been experimenting on and off over the last couple of years with different food products and, and let's be clear, <laughs> garbage food, <laughs> you know, ice cream, treats, etc. And I have found, and I, the reason I'm experimenting is, is one day I woke up and I'm like, man, I am so bloated. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel distended and I feel gross. My joints ache, everything hurts. What the heck is that? So I'm like, oh, I know what it is. It's systemic inflammation mm-hmm. from this like sugars that I'm eating in my, in my diet. 
let's try and let's do a couple, let's do a cleanse, you know, let's yeah. do a, a diet where we clean that up yep. and then come back to it and try it out. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Let's have a bowl of giant bowl of ice cream. Yeah. And the next day I wake up and I feel unbelievably gross, bloated, distended and uh, achy. Yeah. So, I'm, of course, I have to repeat this experiment 25 times yeah. before I realize <laughs> that this is actually what's happening to me, that it's uh, this driven by these yeah. by these food products. But I'm realizing, you know, me personally realizing that, you know, over the years I've sought uh, athletic performance in my diet. So it was driven by what would help me be uh, proficient. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, that's less of a concern. Now it's sure. more about health. Yep. And I'm like the last four or five years gained a bunch of weight and held that weight no matter what I do, mm-hmm. even though, well, what I do is not eat that great. And so, you know, I find when I well, let's talk about specific diets. If I get into like a paleo esque mm-hmm. type of diet for me personally, that works really, really well, lower the carbohydrates yep. way down, get the proteins into a, you know, reasonably high area, get the fats up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So here's the question I have though about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause I think people talk about these different diets and then they, but they, you know, t- to your point when you're talking about the macro components and how does one figure out what is the appropriate balance? Yeah, totally. That's such a great question. And I think it is a confusing question and what keeps a lot of people from trying macro tracking. Right. right. So let me go back. Yeah. So like, obviously if I'm eating a I'm eating this great diet, but I'm like, I'm going to have ice cream, right? And you talk about, you know, having balance, like, is there a place where you can have that when you talk about macros, you know, is it about just getting the, if I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream, then there are no other carbs that day or whatever. Well, see, so you won't know (laughs) unless you are tracking your food and you know what your boundaries are. You won't know if the bowl of ice cream, it means no carbs for the rest of the day or not. Right. Because let me, I say this to people all the time as well. So there's IIFYM, which is if it fits your macros. And that's basically have whatever you want, as long as it fits your macros. I don't follow that necessarily. I follow flexible dieting because I want people to be healthy. Longevity and sustainability is at the top of why I do what I do. You want to be, you have a family, you've got kiddos, right? So do I. I want to live on this earth for as long as humanly possible, as healthy as possible so that I can watch my kids grow, have families, right? So yeah, you could eat all the junk food in the world if you wanted to and find body composition changes, but you're not going to be healthy. Flexible dieting means that we eat the necessary foods and the fun foods, and that's sustainability. So this is the freedom that people find in flexible dieting and macro tracking, specifically when they work with me, is there is no do or don't list. There are no good or bad foods. There are only accountability. You are accountable for what you consume in a day, just like you are accountable for how much money you spend and whether you're in debt or out of debt. So you won't know if that bowl of ice cream will wreck (laughs) everything or not until you know what you're doing in a day. You can have the bowl of ice cream and grilled chicken and veggies and rice and feel awesome. You can't have the beer, the pizza, the bowl of ice cream and sushi and think that you're going to feel the same the next day, right? So in sustainability and longevity, this is why I love paleo. I did paleo for three years. I have so much respect for paleo because it taught me the the value and the quality of food. But where paleo failed me and where it fails a lot of people is it's not sustainable because I want a bowl of ice cream. 
or I want the things that are on the do not list. And what will yank me off of a diet faster than anything else is telling me I can't have something, right? When you are a flexible dieter or a macro tracker, if you want wings, I want you to eat wings. If you want a bowl of ice cream, have the dang bowl of ice cream, because if you don't, it'll be the one thing that pulls you off of your healthy progress. Now, it's knowing today I'm going to have the wings and not the ice cream because I know how much fat is in each one and I have to make a choice. But it's not saying I can't have ice cream tomorrow. It's saying I can't have, I don't want to have it today because I'm having wings or pizza or whatever it is. So that's, you start making decisions according to what you want and what's going to keep you seeing that progress and seeing success. So where, where does one start? So I think the very first thing that people need to do is be aware of where you are. Awareness is everything, right? So I say this to to clients that come in. If you're eating 1200 calories, but to maintain the body weight that you're at, I put you at 1650, you're going to gain weight. Like you're going to feel awful. You have to know where you are. So the first thing that I would do, and the first thing that I recommend everyone does Open up my fitness pal. It's a free app. Do not follow what it tells you to do because if you put in there that you want to lose weight, it's going to set your macros at 1200 calories. And that is a miserable place to eat. It's not very fun. It's very restrictive. But what I would love for people to do is draw some awareness of where you are. If you start tracking your macros and you notice I'm eating 90 grams of fat, 45 grams of protein and 120 carbs, there's a great disconnect between balance, right? We can see that our our diet is prominent, is mostly fat. We want to bring and close those gaps a little bit more. So the rule of thumb is this, you should be eating one gram of protein per body pound. Mm -hmm. And let me qualify that. Yeah. Per body pound that you are trying to attain or that you currently have that you currently have. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. When you eat the right amount of protein, you are satiated much faster. So you will less likely overeat fats and carbohydrates because you're eating the appropriate amount of protein, right? So that allows us and gives us the opportunity to pull down some of our fat and to pull down our carbohydrates because we won't be starving. But what I see most often is people are grossly under eating protein. Nobody ever thinks... Nobody ever thinks like, man, I can't wait to go wild on that rotisserie chicken in the fridge. Like I cannot (laughs) wait to tear into that rotisserie chicken. Nobody ever thinks that. We always think, man, that ice cream looks so good. I can't wait to tear into that pizza, which is mostly fat and carbohydrates, right? Mm -hmm. Or those wings, which is mostly fat. And so what we want to start doing is we want to start looking at protein first. This is how I tell people, my clients to load their plates. When you go to a barbecue, when you go to a restaurant, I tell my kids, when you sit down to have a meal, your first thought needs to be, what protein am I having? Put that on your plate first. The second thought is, what vegetables am I going to have? Because vegetables have fiber in them, right? They're going to help our GI. They're going to help our digestive system. They're also going to fill us up. Then fruit, then starches, and then a bite or two of dessert. We should always have the foods that we love somewhere, sometime throughout our day. Because if we don't, that deprivation will derail us. So where to specifically start your macros? I mean, you can get online and you can look at the generic 
you know, formulas. There's, you know, you should be 25 to 30 fat. You should be 40 to, you know, 55 carbohydrates and then the rest in protein or you set your protein first and then you work your way backwards. But the truth of the matter and where I find that most people find the most success is know where you are starting first so that it isn't such a deep or sharp dive into finding balance. Because if you're eating 50 grams of protein a day and you weigh 140 pounds and you put your protein at 140, your GI is going to scream at you. It's going to be miserable. You're going to have stomach aches. You're going to have problems going to the bathroom. So you have to know where you're starting and you have to slowly increase your protein, slowly bring other things down Mm. so that you don't freak out and quit. Right. Yes. You're not miserable. Yeah. So when you talk about macros, um, and I've seen that MyFitnessPal app, I actually use it. And we're talking about macros. We're talking about like percentage of daily intake, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a hundred percent, or are we talking about calories? Like how do you, yeah. what do you, how are you mat- mathematically equating what those things are? Yeah. So calories are not the, calories and macros are different, right? Because not all calories are created equal. So a lot of people will say, I'm going to track 1,650 calories. Okay. Well, what are those 1,650 calories created? What are they made out of? Because one gram of fat is nine calories one gram of protein or carbohydrates is four. So what the, what those 1600 calories are composed of are really important, right? So like there's a lot of diet food out there, like a hundred calorie pack, snack pack, right? People are like, look, it's only a hundred calories, but it's like five grams of fat and the rest of it are carbs, zero protein. Right. Well, if you're in, if you're trying to put on muscle mass and you're trying to build muscle so that you can be strong, because here's the, here's the other truth. The more muscle you carry on your body, the more calories you can consume. So the stronger you are, the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you can consume in a day without turning it into body fat. Right. And so let's be honest, the more, the stronger you are, the more useful you are in general. Yes. Yes. The longer you will live bone density, all of the healthy things, right? The stronger you are, the healthier you are. And so what that hundred calorie pack is made up out of the macros it is made up out of is really important. And so one of the things that people um, say they don't want to do macro tracking because it's too time consuming, right? I don't want to pay that close of attention to my food. It's too time consuming. It'll take too much brain power and energy, but if we're really honest with ourselves, Rain, we're spending that energy being miserable. So why not spend that energy doing something that's going to make us stronger, healthier, feel better, feel more confident, right? We're spending that energy feeling negative about ourselves, feeling frustrated with our situation. So yeah, it's going to take you spending some time looking inward and, and being really honest with what habits you've created, let's, let's spend it there so that we can make it better. Right. So how do you build, so how do you build that meal plan? So let's say, yeah. let's say you have this, you know, you're going to do like a, well, is it so, oh, hold on, back up. So when we talk about macros, we mm-hmm. talk about, I guess we start with the protein. So I'll just use myself as an example. So yep. I'm 240 pounds, so 240 grams of, of protein a day. Yep. 
Okay. So we start with that and I plug that into my fit day or whatever, my app, yep. whatever it is. That is, I guess the question I have is how does that, how does that jive with the, I, I, the, I don't know the math on that. How does that work out? So I do 240 grams of, of mm-hmm. protein. What is left over, right? Is yeah. It, what is that plugged into? Because if so I say I have a 5,000 calorie. Yeah. At, you know, so you're 240. But let's say that you track your food for seven days mm-hmm. and you realize, oh man, I'm only eating 150 grams of protein a day. Right. You don't want to put it up to 240. Okay. I would go, I would push the envelope and I would say, mm, maybe let's start at 180 protein mm-hmm. and try that for a week. Make sure your GI isn't screaming at you. Make sure that you're not feeling overly stuffed or, or gross, right? If you are, then pull back a little bit. If you feel good there, then maintain that and stay at 180. Now, my fitness pal will do this for you. If you okay. set, you know, 180 protein, then the next right now while we're talking. Yeah, there you go. Then the next thing it. that I would do is I would go into and and I would set my fats appropriately. <clears throat> so let's say that you tracked your food for seven days okay. and you noticed that you were eating 90 grams of fat. Okay, then you could put 90 grams of fat in there. And then whatever's left, you would throw into your carbohydrates, right? Of whatever your averages were for those seven days that you tracked. Does that make sense? I think so. So let's say that you were eating 2,000 calories. Let's say that 600 of them were coming from protein and, you know, 300 of them were coming from fat or whatever it is, then the rest of it would go into your carbohydrates. Now, if you started to feel tired... Or if you started to have brain fog in the morning, mm-hmm. or if you felt like you couldn't recover from your workouts, then I would shift some more calories into your carbohydrates, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because mm-hmm. our first energy source is carbohydrates. People want to demonize carbs. Carbs are not the enemy. Hands down. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> carbs are not the enemy. Fat is not the enemy. Protein is never the enemy. It's like the 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 prince on the white horse, right? Nobody ever demonizes protein or, or, you know, says that it's bad, but we go through these phases where we say, Oh, fat's so bad. Don't eat fat, fat free, everything. And then we go through these phases where like, it's carbs, carbs are the villain. This is why you're overweight. And really none of the macros are bad. You need all three of them to feel good. And so it's making sure that you have a, a good amount of all three of those in your diet. And it's also spending the time trying what we just talked about and seeing where it feels good and staying there for a little bit, giving it a little bit of time. Right. That's an interesting point you bring up because I feel like every individual's metabolic system is a little bit different. A hundred percent. And we all are an experiment of one. So you have to be, you know, not only do you have to get into this game and start being mindful mm-hmm. of what you're eating and when you're eating and how you're eating, mm-hmm. um, not when necessarily, but, but how you're eating, but you got to pay attention to how you feel hundred because your response to it, you know, the, the, the response on the scale, the response to how you perf- your performance, you know, if you're an athlete or you're a CrossFitter or you're a, whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel when you're out there doing your thing? You know, are you balanced in that as well? Yeah. And, and you know, that's a lot of people come to me and, and a lot of people who are embarking on this journey, they want it to be black and white, 
right? They want to say like, like, and you've asked me a few times too, like, okay, so what, where do I start? Like, <laughs> what is it? Tell me, tell me, right? Well, the truth is yeah, I can't you, tell you. I need the freaking yeah, roadmap. <laughs> totally. And here's, here's the, yeah. the gray truth about it. No two people are the same. And it's so much more rain than the food that we eat. It's so much more. I, when you come and you work with me, I tell my clients it's 80% mental mindset, 20% the food that you put in your mouth because we have emotional eaters. We have emotional restrictors. We have people whose families celebrate only with food and drink and, and all of these things will play a major role in whether you lose body fat or not, right? Your job. It's firemen have it really tough. I know, you know, everybody out there is like, oh, they cook their own meals. They, they eat at the firehouse. Like, how could it be that hard? Well, it's hard because you're cooking for, at some stations, 14 people. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so we're, if we could grill chicken for 14 people, right, like that'd be, it'd be cake. But the truth is, is which that. Which we do. Which yeah. you can't do that for every meal. Correct. Right. right? Like it gets, you're going to get railed. Yeah. And <laughs> you're also my, like. Where's my freaking enchiladas? Yeah. <laughs> and we're cooking in bulk. So we've got to think right. like bulk ingredients, bulk protein, bulk, like we're thinking on a bigger scale. Right. Right. And so, you know, Austin macro tracked for a very long time and saw the body composition changes that he wanted. And, um, it, it took some effort and he got a little bit teased at the firehouse about it. Right. Cause he's paying attention to it. Um, but it's not always an environment that's like, yeah, let's, let's do healthy. Right. Because there's people and, and we're all so different at different stages in their life. There's people that don't want to worry about it. There's people that are worrying about it. There's people that are trying. And when you have that mix of people, it's really difficult to stay on track with whatever your individual goal is because there's 14 different personalities in the firehouse, right? And so... Yeah, with different goals and objectives. Totally. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People mm-hmm. have been there, done that. They don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk to me about you know, fiber in my day. I don't care about <laughs> that. And then there's people who are like, man, I got to get it together because my heart fit for duty did not show good results. Right. And so I, I gotta, I gotta do something different. Yeah. I will say this. So I think we are re- we've reached a point where the climate in, at least in my experience has, has evolved and people are much more, uh, uh, flexible with folks who are bringing in their own food, mm-hmm. et cetera. So we're seeing that change happen. People are trying to cook healthier. People will say, Hey man, I, I I'm really down for this meal, but can you leave I don't want the sauce on mine yeah. or, you know, whatever. And they're, you know, and, and everyone's being more flexible with each other about that, which is great. I love so that. we're seeing some adaptations and, and behavioral changes or in, you know, in the fire service as, as a at large, I think people are recognizing the, the, well, as a society, I think we're recognizing too, there's some health yeah. issues with the way we eat. A hundred percent. And I think that, um, as years go on, it's going to become easier and easier, even with like eating out at a restaurant, being gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, like, you know, once upon a time, I I know when I was younger and in college, you never heard somebody say, Hey, uh, I'm gluten-free. Can you make me a gluten-free pizza? Like that was non-existent. It's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. You go to, you know, Pita Jungle, you go to Fired Pie, all these other places now and you say, hey, I'm gluten-free. Oh yeah, let me get you a gluten-free crust. So right. I think that the more we start to understand, um, the easier it's all going to become, right? 
Yeah. We, it's funny you talk about that because we just went to a joint the other night where they had, um, <laughs> what's that vegetable? The white vegetable with the cauliflower. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Vapor lock. <laughs> so they have a cauliflower crust yeah, for this so like, pizza or whatever. And But now as you're talking about it, I'm like, hmm, where are my macros on that? Because like, it's very little protein. Yes. But you know, even if you get it with chicken on it, it's still like 10 grams of protein. Yeah. Um, and then a, probably a pretty good chunk of carbs no no carbs so that's that's the no crazy carbs thing. in there it's going to be really low carb right because of uh cauliflower oh, yeah, is super right. low carb but how they turn it into crust is they will use things like almond flour which is higher in fat mm. right low carb not like white flour which is higher in carb and they use more fatty products so a cauliflower or a gluten-free crust is always going to be higher in fat much lower in carbs but the cost of that meal will be higher in fat. Then you add cheese to it and we're having a much higher fat meal, right? And so that's that's the beautiful thing about doing macro tracking and paying attention to your macros. I literally can walk into a kitchen now and I've been doing this for some time and go, oh, an English muffin, an English muffin has, you know, four grams of fat, 24 carbs, and three grams of protein. Or I look at cauliflower and I know that it's very, very low in carbohydrates. I can have a lot of that, Right. You look at cheese and you know for one fourth of a cup, it's going to be nine to 15 grams of fat. And you're evaluating in your head, like, is this a good choice or a bad choice? And you're making choices on what works and fits for you, not what society is saying you should and shouldn't have. That's the difference between knowing the value of your food and eating off of good and bad lists because you can still overeat. That was the issue that I ran into with paleo. I was still overweight because I was still overeating macros. I was overeating calories, even though it was clean, Mm -hmm. even though it was all natural whole foods, you, you can overeat healthy. I have vegans and vegetarians that are on my client roster who've lost 65 pounds, but they were, if you look at their quality choices of food, eating very high quality foods and still 65 pounds overweight. How does that happen? Because they were starving. Right. Yeah. Because they work. Because their macros are out of balance. So they're running around hungry all the time. So they're actually they're over, overeating. Overeating. Yeah. 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 Because vegans and vegetarians traditionally, like most of us, but even more so, undereat protein. So they're always feeling hungry. Right. I have a vegan who's lost sixty-five pounds. She looks incredible. But more importantly than that, she's found food freedom and she's stronger than ever. And she eats one gram per body pound. And if you talk to anybody what, else, what's her source of protein? She does, um, she does a lot of lentils and beans, um, which are very high in protein, but also uh, higher in carbs. She does a lot of edamame, uh, edamame pasta, which is higher in fat, but a, an incredible amount of fiber and protein in edamame. Um, and then of course, tofu and stuff like that, um, which is, is protein for her as well. Um, and then she does, um, a plant-based protein that she loves to supplement whatever, you know, is left over in her day or especially after a workout, right? Um, she'll do a vegan protein powder, um, to recover after a workout. Interesting. Yeah. There was a, there's a couple of firefighters who, uh, I'm going to recommend listen to that Yeah, because <laughs> there's a couple of dudes who just started doing a, um, a vegetarian diet. Yeah. Well, I would say I don't know if it's vegan. I think I would say vegan, but the um, that's the question is, you know, how do you do these different types of diets and, yeah. and stay healthy? And I think the question is answered in you know tracking your macros. Yeah, and balance sure is balance. Getting, 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Striking the balance, yes. whatever that looks like, whatever the food source is, making sure you're getting the appropriate. So uh, that's the other elements. thing too. When people come to me, they're like, why eat paleo? Fantastic. Great. I love that you eat paleo. Why eat vegan? I eat vegetarian. Amazing. I love that. You've made that decision for yourself. Macros and balance are still balanced. No matter what your style of eating is, if you are paleo, you still need to know what your macros are. If you are seeking body composition changes, body fat loss, and health, because you can still be out of balance and out of whack when it comes to your nutritional intake, your, your macro intake, if you don't pay attention. So I have paleo people who eat a paleo style diet in my clientele who are crushing it, who are doing very, very well and getting stronger, losing the weight. And I also have people that are vegans and vegetarians, but balance is balance. They're still hitting a certain amount of macros in order to be healthy and to see those changes. Nice. Well, I feel inspired. Because I've, I have uh, selfishly having the opportunity to sit down with you really helped me. It's really given me the idea of uh, where I can focus mm -hmm. my own journey. Because I know for me personally, I've struggled over the last few years and have found myself staying reasonably mm -hmm. fit, reasonably healthy, but not where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I'm probably eh, 20 to 30 pounds heavier than I really should be. And as I age, right, I'm 48 now, so I'm getting, I'm not getting any younger, yeah. right? Things are starting to hurt more yep. and et cetera. And there's no reason to carry around this much yeah. ma mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be every now and then, right? Um, I think too, like, so, you know, people will want to, they'll hear something like this or they'll, they'll hear something on my um, Instagram page and they'll be really inspired and they'll want to change all the things right away. Like they'll be so inspired that they want to just completely redo and revamp everything right away. And that's super, super tough too, because we'll get discouraged right away. So I really encourage people start doing the basics really well first, right? Let's make sure that we're getting half of our body weight in ounces of water a day. That's going to help at the cellular level of our health. That's going to be incredible. It's going to affect a lot of things. Your GI, your, your, um, your hydrate, like hydration is so important, right? It affects all kinds of things. Our body is mostly made of water. So it's really important that we have enough water in our body. So I, I would start with things like that. I would start with, um, drinking water, eating protein at every single meal, having a vegetable at least three times a day, which I know we all really struggle with, right? These are the basic things that you could start tomorrow. You don't need to know anything about macros. You don't need to know anything about anything. If you start with those three things, sleep, water, vegetables, protein, that's yeah. a great place to start. Once you get those under wraps and you're consistent with those, then you dig a little deeper. And then once you get consistent with the dig a little deeper, then you go a little bit further. We just want to revamp and jump on these health trends without even asking ourselves, am I doing the basics well? Yeah, that's a good point. You mentioned mindset before, mm -hmm. and we are in a time in our society where everything is at your fingertips, mm -hmm. right? I don't have to wait for anything. Yeah. Right. I can get on the get on my phone, my little pocket computer, right? And yep. I can have something delivered to my house the next day. Yep. Just like that. Yeah. Right? There's no waiting. There's no. Uh, 
and so when it comes to you know this the healthy eating and and getting that getting to a place where it's sustainable and well lifestyle changes take time yeah and and behavioral changes take time and that doesn't jive with where we're at our current societal paradigm yeah right yeah so that's a that really you know your message is is a challenge yep right because for people to dig into their personal health and to make changes like that they have to be patient yeah and you know it's it's funny because i talked about this on my ig is um a lot of us want to Amazon Prime, the body that we want. Like, <laughs> can exactly I just order talking, it? That's exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. I would like these hips. I would like these arms. I would like these legs. And can you just deliver it to my doorstep? And here's the problem with that. What do we do with 90% of the junk that we order off of Amazon Prime? There you go. It ends up at Goodwill. We don't even know we have it stuffed in a drawer somewhere. We don't pay attention to it. We don't appreciate it. And we don't understand the value of what we just ordered. So we don't treat it well. We use it for a second and then it's fleeting and gone. But when you dive in and you do the work, you do the mindset work, you really come to terms with why am I unhealthy? Why am I overweight? What triggers am I ignoring and solving with food, right? Now you start to understand the value of the journey. And when you can understand the value of the journey, you're not just going to throw it away for no reason. You're not going to let it go because you had a hard day because you've put in the work. You know how much effort it took to get to where you are. You're not going to throw it away. You're not going to shove it in a drawer or send it to goodwill. You're going to value it and hold on to it. And you're going to say no to the things that pull you away from it. Yeah. I, there's an adage, an old adage that, that, it says uh, anything worth having is worth working for. A hundred percent. Which speaks right to what you're talking yep. about. You know, if you are truly going to make some changes, um, you have to be willing to do the work. And I think that's true of a lot of things in our in our life. You know, I mean, you know, from one athlete to another. Yeah. You know, we can talk about you know this idea that um, that you ha- as a as a team, as an individual, if you want to develop a skill set, you've got to put in the work. And I think clearly when we talk about, you know, body composition, you didn't get to be overweight overnight. No. Right. So those changes, yeah, those changes are going to take time. If you want to reverse the, you know, you know, throw the engines in reverse and back it up. um, It's going to take some time. It's going to take some, some deliberate, um, committed behavioral changes on your behalf. And, you know, I think that mindset is such a difficult thing for people. And I wonder if it's tied to bandwidth, right? Yeah. We have so much going on in life that being able to focus my brain on what I'm putting in my mouth, mm-hmm. it, it takes space. Like I got to yeah. have space in all the things that I'm doing every day. Yeah. So what has been your experience with, I mean, as a coach, yeah. right? You're, that's the one, probably one of the bigger things you have to deal with is helping people manage yeah. Yeah. So before I was a, um, you know, a macro coach, before I did this for a living, I was an English teacher at Alhambra high school. And so I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I love those kids. They're my kind of people. Um, and so I have my master's in education. That's what I went to school for. And I taught for six years. And what they teach you as a teacher is when you have, um, a big concept that you want children to understand, you start with that, 
end result in mind, right? And then you work your way backwards. And so here's what I encourage anyone, but specifically my clients to do. Every single morning, you should get up before the chaos. And you need to do two things when you do that. One, you need to spend some time observing your thoughts. And we do that by brain dumping all the chaos that's going on in your head onto a piece of paper because we have over 60,000 thoughts in a day. And when we don't sit down and look at them and pay attention to them and decide which ones are false and which ones are true, then we take every single thought in our head as fact. And a lot of us don't think very kindly of ourselves. I'm fat. I'm lazy. I'm disgusting. I'm unintelligent. And so we're having all of these primal thoughts going through our head and we're taking them at face value as true. But if I wake up in the morning and I sit down and I'm having these thoughts and I'm jotting it down and I write down, I'm lazy. I can stop and say, whoa, 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 Krista, you're not lazy. You're tired. Yesterday was a hard day. You're not lazy. So how can we, you know, what can we do today to have a little more energy? right? We can start evaluating our thoughts. We can start becoming observers of our thoughts. And when we observe our thoughts, we can start to say, that's not true. I'm not going to believe that. Or yeah, you know, this, this is true. And then we can go from there. The second thing that you have to do is you have to set yourself up for success, right? There needs to be groceries in the house. There needs to be an idea of what you want to have in the day. So even if you don't want to macro track, that's fine. Make a meal plan, an idea the night before. So this is what it looks like. I call it backward meal designing, right? Backward meal planning. Our most important meal in our household is dinner. We almost always eat dinner together. So let's not even talk about macros, okay? I know that we are going to have grilled chicken, a vegetable, and maybe a rice. So the very first thing that I put on my meal plan is grilled vegetables, um, a vegetable, and a rice. If I'm macro tracking, I'm actually going to put that in my fitness pal to hold space for that meal. And then I'm going to work my way backwards. My second most important meal is lunch. Let me back you up for a second. Yeah. So using the MyFitnessPal... The way I've always used it is as I'm consuming something, I'm usually sitting there eating and I'm like, chomp, 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 and I'm typing it in to my fitness pal going, oh, what is the cost of this Mm -mm. dietary infraction? Yeah, yeah. So so you're suggesting building the meal plan in the MyFitnessPal so you already know what the plan is, what it's going to cost you. 100%. And I'll tell you why. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So, and as a matter of fact, I have my clients do it the night before when they're just getting started. Because what happens if we don't do that by lunchtime, we're out of fat and carbs and we've got a ton of protein to eat, right? So then we're talking about for dinner, you're eating the entire rotisserie chicken because you have nothing else left. But if we plan the night before, I can put dessert in there. I can put a a skinny cow ice cream sandwich is like one of my favorites. I can put the skinny cow in there. I can put dinner in there. And then I can say, okay, this is what I have left in my day. So my second most important meal is lunch. Because I typically work out after lunchtime. I want to make sure I have enough fuel in the tank to get a really hard pump in the gym. So then I plan my lunch and I, you know, put fats and carbs and protein in there as well. And then the next most important meal or snack that I have is my post-workout, which tends to be fat, or I'm sorry, no fat, protein and carbohydrate carbohydrates. So I will have a protein shake with you know, a fourth of a cup of dried cereal, like Cheerios or something like that, because it's just enough carbs to recover me. And then whatever's left over, I'll throw into my breakfast. I am much more willing to be a little bit more hungry in the morning 
than to be hungry before a workout, after a workout, or before bed. And so that's how I plan my day. But I have clients on my roster who are like, no, 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 I have to eat breakfast. If I don't eat a good breakfast, I feel like garbage the whole day. So their most important meal is breakfast and they'll plan that first and then they'll work their way backwards. And this is exactly what teachers do in in school, right? What do I need them to achieve on this test and how am I going to get them there? So you're basically creating and building your roadmap to having a successful day of eating. Right. And if you're not a macro tracker, then jot it down on a piece of paper, what you want to have, and then only eat what you write down. (laughs) I think it draws so much awareness to our mindless habits, to our snacking. No, it makes so much sense to me. I think about the um, goals, just just large goals that you have in your lifetime, Mm -hmm. whatever those goals might be, career aspirations, family aspirations, personal educational goals, et cetera. When you write them down, it gives them much, much more uh, power. Yeah. And because it, if it's just an idea in your head, it's dismissed pretty quickly. But when you write it down, now you see it. Even if you put it out and you have a conversation with family, there's accountability there yeah. for what you said you're going to do. And uh, it, it's much, much more powerful yeah. when you write it down. And I think just from a, I think about just daily activities, when I have, a, you know, I plan my whole week out. Yeah. When am I going to work out? What am I going to do? Where am I going to be? What, what, projects do I have to work on? Yep. Well, I write that stuff down. If I don't write it down, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone in the wind. so many other things to yeah. do and it just gets... The truth of the matter is what we measure, we can manage. There you go. And writing it down on a piece of paper or in a journal. I, I, I have mails on my client roster and they journal every day. It's a part of my program. And you they, say that like that's not, <laughs> like that's not a normal thing we they do. They giggle at me when I tell them. I'm like, hey, here's the deal. Like... <laughs> part of this process is going to be journaling. And they're like, what? I'm like, listen, go buy the manliest journal you can find at Barnes and Noble. They have leatherback ones with all kinds of fun stuff in it. And it's pretty, I, that's one of my favorite moments is when somebody who traditionally wouldn't do something like that does it. And they start to have these light bulb moments, right? Because they start to realize like, what is important to us? We measure I mean, think about it, Rain. I don't. We don't watch football without keeping score. We measure so we can, you you know, we're managing our wins and losses through measuring the score. Our kids go to school and they get graded in class. The things that are important to us, we measure so we can manage them, right? Our finances, we measure them so we can manage them appropriately. Why is the one thing that can make us healthy or unhealthy something we don't think we need to measure and manage? That is a really good question. It is the single, no amount of money, no amount of games won, no, no grades will keep you healthier than the food that you consume, yet we don't think that we need to measure and manage it. Right. Right. It's an afterthought. It's an afterthought. Yeah. And and a lot of it is because we're not taught how to ever. Like, I don't remember going to school, like how to, you know, keep yourself healthy. I mean, they tell you to eat fruits and vegetables, but that's a two week conversation and then it's done and over with. Right. right? Well, I I have a friend who's a physician. He said in medical school, they spent 
he, I don't remember exactly what he said on time, but he goes, it was a minuscule amount of yeah. time spent on nutrition yep. relative to the rest of the education he had. Yeah. You and know. here's the crazy thing is we use food as a substance, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're an alcoholic, you know, you don't go to the bars, you stay out of the bars. When you are a gambler and you have a, a gambling problem, you don't go to the casinos. If you are a food addict, there's no getting away from that. You have to eat every single day. And so it's one of the hardest thing. It is hard for a reason because it's always in our face. It's easy to consume. It's not illegal. It doesn't get us into, you know, social situations where we go to jail. Oh my gosh, I totally pounded that whole pack of Oreos. Now I'm going to be arrested. Right? right? No. No. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. You're encouraged. Yes. Right? You show up to family events and people are like, oh, have this cake. Hey, yeah. oh, we're celebrating Timmy's first birthday. You got to eat a piece of cake. 100%. But yeah. You're completely pigeoned into it. Yeah. You can't get out of it. And so it's nutrition is hard. Mm. It is hard. Being healthy is hard. It's going to take time. It's going to take mental energy, right? It's going to take being aware and drawing awareness and also coming to terms with some of the things that we don't love about ourselves. But the only way to change that. So it takes a certain amount of honesty right? and self-awareness yep. Yep. and then some serious action. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, uh, because you and I have talked about this before and I do a lot of mindset stuff. I think, I think working on your mindset is, single-handedly the most important work that a person can do in their lifetime. Mm. And it's not easy. And there's a lot of funk in there. And there's a lot of room for us to judge ourselves when we start looking inward and looking at our mind. But I will tell you that we spend a lot of time doing that um, in my program because the aftermath, the consequence of addressing our mindset and where we are is weight loss and body composition changes. It starts with the mind. And a lot of people don't take the time to do that because it's uncomfortable. But if you notice, we fall off of wagons, right? The nutritional wagon all the time. And it's not ever because the food made us do it. Like food is neutral, (laughs) Food has no cares. It's not good or bad. What typically pulls us off of that healthy train or or off the wagon, right, is a social or a life event. Mm. It's not ever the Oreos. It's not ever the ice cream in the fridge. It's we have a thought. It creates these feelings. And then we take an action. And that action ends in a result that we don't want. And so we really have to address those triggers and understand what they are for us so that we don't take the same easy path that we have always taken before. Right. Mm. So how do we unlock these triggers and unlock these mindset issues? Yeah. I think you start paying attention to them, right? And not critically, You don't criticize yourself for them. You don't beat yourself up over them because I tell my clients this all the time. If guilt gave you calories back, I would slap you over the face with guilt all day long. (laughs) I would just lay the guilt on you, right? But it doesn't work that way. So what we need to do is when you notice yourself binge or when you notice yourself self-soothe with alcohol or food or dessert or whatever it is, a bag of chips, 
draw some awareness around it. Stop. Once you notice, stop, grab that journal and start writing it down. I ate a full bag of chips. Well, what caused that? I was just really irritated. Well, what were you irritated about? And get down to the root of why. And then once you identify that, then say, okay, next time that I feel this coming on, next time I feel the vibrations in my chest and it rises to my throat and then my head is vibrating with frustration, what action am I going to take? That's different than eating the bag of chips. Maybe I'm going to drink a full glass of water before I make the next decision. Maybe I'm going to go on a five minute walk. Maybe I'm going to jump in the shower or maybe I'm going to brush my teeth, right? Because I probably won't eat the bag of chips if I just brush my teeth. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting block right, right? there. Like I'm going to put gum in my mouth. Yeah. It's just changing the neural pathways that we've always done. Right. Right. But it's identifying them and then, and then interrupting them. Interrupting them. So that's a big piece of that. Huge. Is, is recognizing it and interrupting it and then making it the first, you know, the, the first new choice, yep. right? Go a different direction. And listen, it might not solve it the first time. Yeah. You might go for the walk, come back and still eat the bag of chips. Okay, fine. Let's sit down and let's say, okay, I went on a walk. I felt this way. I went on a walk. I came back. I didn't feel any different. What can I do differently next time? And that, and here's the deal. We just keep asking ourselves questions. And in asking those questions, we find our way for us, right? And that's how we start to change those, those thought patterns and our behavior. Behavior what? Oh, and the behavior. Yeah. And the behavior. We start changing our behavior. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's, and that's, you know, it's interesting is I think that is something that is beyond just nutrition, right? Totally. We as individuals have to be mindful of who we are, what we're doing and where we're going in our life. Yeah. And that takes deliberate consideration and action. And, you know, so many times I hear people who are frustrated with their work or frustrated Mm -hmm. with their, their lives. And, you know, and I've been at that place too, where I'm frustrated and I blame the world for all these other things. And, And I've come to a point where I realize that if I stop and I say, okay, what am I doing in this situation? Mm-hmm. And is there something that I can do differently and interrupt, you know, interrupt yeah. that, that negative uh, conversation I'm having with myself and say, hey, let's stop. Let's look at a, this a different way yeah. and move forward. Um, that's when I've, when, when I, when I'm able to do that is when I have the most success yeah. right? and I feel the best about what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of us like to blame not having enough time. I'm, <laughs> I'm notorious for that. Right. And listen, I've got three kids in competitive sports. I have nine practices in four days. I am busy. We've got a lot going on, but it's never an excuse to not take care of me because in the end, what my kids want is a healthy mom. What my kids want is a healthy dad. What the fire department wants are healthy employees, right? Like in the end, that is what we want as a, as a, a culture as a whole is healthy, happy people. And so if we have to take time from one area to make sure that we can do that, that we can pay attention to it, not for hours a day, but are you giving yourself 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes to stop and pay attention, to get your mind right and to get your food right. It doesn't take all that much, especially once you get proficient in it and you're really good at it and you've done it for a little while, it becomes second nature. We just don't view it as a priority and so it doesn't get the time and attention that it deserves. 
Exactly. That's an important piece right there. That's a priority, mm-hmm. right? Oh, what's that expression? I just I just read a read something the other day. Instead of saying I don't have enough time, say to yourself it's not a priority. Is that what you read? Yeah, I think that might have been yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, when you when you add that weight to it, when you recognize that no, this must not be a priority for mm-hmm. me. Or it's not that it's not that it's, you don't have time for it. It's that it is not a priority for you. Exactly. And that's a big statement to say to yourself. Yeah, because when you say to yourself, my health and how long I can live on this earth is not a priority to me right now, you're like, wait, but it is. Okay, but your actions are not supporting that thought. Right. So there's a disconnect between what we value and what we don't. Mm-hmm. And that only happens, Rain, in drawing awareness to it. Right. And so this whole journaling thing, although it sounds silly, Austin giggles at me, makes fun of me all the time because I can get a little woo woo about, you know, these mindset things. But, you know, when we sit down and we talk about it, he's like, man, that's so true. You know, like there's there's a lot of truth to having that mental awareness around what we want, what we really want. Right. Yeah. But and I think that we you know, what's right in front of you sometimes distracts you from what your long-term goals are, mm-hmm. right? And what you really want in life is health and wellness and longevity and family, et cetera. But right now, this cake or this donut, this garbage food, it, I'm hungry. I'm yep. really hungry. And right now, and so you get distracted from the long goal and you get focused in on this short-term thing because you aren't made, you aren't being deliberate about being yeah. mindful, right? Being mindful about it and deliberate and focused on it in the, over the long run. Um, you know, or even taking that short run to write it down yeah. and to be thoughtful about, hey, what is today hold for me? What what are the priorities today? You know, getting in a workout, being getting things done at work, whatever yeah. that may, or yeah. at home, and you know, being present and mindful of my kiddos, having you know, good, clean, healthy food. Yeah, and you write all of those things down. Right. You write all of them down, and and even if it seems a little bit wasteful, like what do you have to lose? <laughs> Write it down. It just makes you more aware, more present in your thought of what's important to you in that day, right? right. And, you know, it's, see, I don't know how it could be wasteful if it focuses you. A hundred percent. Right? So yeah. it's definitely not a waste. It actually, like, I'm going to, today I'm going to sit down and figure out what is important to me today. Yeah. What happens is you start making life happen for you instead of life happening at you, yeah. right? You are setting your intention for the day. You are saying, this is what I want my head and my heart to focus on. Right. And when you do that, only good things can come of that. Right. And it's, it's so crazy. I just had this conversation last week with, um, with a client of mine, going back to what you said about the cake, you know, being right in front of you, but you're wanting this health, right? She said, the biggest mental switch that has happened for me is that I crave more now how good I feel in the skin that I am in and how confident I feel 10 times more than the cake that used to deter me from my goals, than the bag of chips that used to, you know, take me completely in a different direction of how I feel right now. That craving to be exactly where I am and to feel is so much stronger than any food craving I've ever had before. That's really powerful. And that is a hundred percent mental mindset because the cake is still the cake, but her thought process around it has completely shifted. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible to see those things unfold. It's my favorite part of what I do is to see people have these 
moments of clarity, like, oh my gosh, I can, I feel and think so differently now, which absolutely affects their health, right? Absolutely. So if people want to reach out to you and um, follow you on Instagram, you have a very cool Instagram, very inspiring. And um, I think people should uh, follow you. So where would they go if they want to follow you on Instagram? Yeah. So my IG handle is K more macro and it's K M O R E M A C R O. Um, that's my IG handle. And then it's kmoremacro.com. Um, you can check out my website. I've got a ton of free downloadables, um, quick and easy recipes for, you know, the mom and dad on the go. Um, and also, you know, I, my soul's mission is to, um, provide for people, right? I want to influence and, and, and I just want to show up and give you tidbits, Every single week, they're going to help you move the needle forward in in progression in your health, right? So um, I just want to provide value for anyone who comes by my IG um, on how to live a healthier life for somebody who is on the go, right? You, you've got a gaggle of children and a lot of things going on, um, but there are some really cool things that we can do little by little in order to see that progress and, and find success in our health and weight loss journey. Nice. What, um, you have a website as well, don't you? Yeah. It's kmoremacro.com. Perfect. Yep. Well, Krista, thank you so much for for sharing your, your thoughts and your knowledge and uh, really appreciate it. And it, uh, it changes lives. So thank you so much. Keep getting after it. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks. So thanks again to Krista Moreland for sitting down and having that great conversation. As you can see, she's a tremendous resource. She's full of energy and uh, full of inspiration. If you're looking for coaching, check her out. Uh, if you're looking for inspiration, check out her uh, her Instagram follower. If you enjoy this podcast, follow us on Instagram. Follow, uh, subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you listen to and this thing will drop in the middle of the night when you least expect it and uh, be there for your morning commute. If you have some feedback, uh, get on to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. Shoot me an email, raingray at firegroundfitness.com. I would love the feedback and uh, if you have comments, if you don't like what we're doing, if you love what we're doing, either way, it will help improve where we're headed and um, appreciate you in every aspect of your life. Do everything you can to focus what you're doing. Be deliberate. Be engaged. Now go on. Get some.